Oh, man, how's it going? Y'all doing okay today? Welcome to Impact City Church. I'm so glad you guys are here. Welcome winter. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, it's pretty blistery cold outside. Uh, last night I was at work, and uh, it was probably about 41 degrees. And if you're not from South Texas, you don't understand that that is freezing down here in South Texas. And so we were cold and cold and real just, just ice cold last night, and we had mist and rain coming on us, and it was like freezing, and it was, it was messed up, but I'm so glad you guys are here today. Uh, a lot of people tend to sit it out whenever it rains uh, for church. They think, man, God sent the rain to allow me not to come to church, give me a reason not to come to worship, and that is not the case. I mean, uh, so rain or shine, we're like the mailman. We want to come to church and worship our God. Amen? Amen. Yeah, all right, guys. Uh, if you would, please open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 13. Jeremiah chapter 13 is where we're going to be camping out today. Uh, if you don't have your Bible here today, if you don't have a Bible at all, we have Bibles in the back. You can go ahead and pick one of those up as a gift to you. You can go ahead and take that home as well. Also in the back, we have a worship folders. And inside the worship folders, you'll find information about our church and ways to serve. You'll also find information about uh, uh, ways to connect with us. Uh, if somehow you made a decision today to either follow Christ or you want to know more about Impact City Church or you want to start tithing or whatever it is, we have all the information on there. You can check it off on the uh, connection card. Turn in your worship folder in the offering basket in the back on your way out, and we'll be sure to connect with you guys as well. Also, offering is inside the worship folder as well. Offering envelope, that is for our owners only. So if you're not an owner, don't worry about that. If you are an owner of Impact City Church, we don't do members. We do owners here in Impact City Church. Why? Because members get perks. Owners have responsibilities. And so we believe that every member of the church, every owner of the church should be responsible in doing something here in the church and being alive and active and vibrant within the body of Christ. And so we have those offering envelopes in there as well. You can drop that off in the back on the way out. All right, everyone there, Jeremiah 13, it's in the Old Testament. We're going old school today. You guys don't even know what the Old Testament is. Some of us don't even ever turn there, but we're going to go to the Old Testament today, Jeremiah chapter 13. Today I want to speak about and answer three questions. Three questions I want to talk about. Number one is this. What kind of relationship does God want with us? What kind of relationship does God want with us? Number two, what happens when we break away from that relationship? What happens when we tend to, to break away from the relationship that God has for us? Uh, number three, uh, and what does God want from that relationship? What does God want from the relationship? Y'all ready? Let's break right into it. Jeremiah was this young guy, okay? He's a prophet of Israel, okay, back in Old Testament times. And what he would do, his job was to go prophesy and to tell the people of God that the word of God has told him. So he would go and he'd tell people all these things that God has told him. He was sort of a messenger, okay? Jeremiah is growing up in a time of uh, Israel where everything's kind of going south because of constant rebellion, constant disobedience of God's people, God is starting to make everything kind of go south in the land of Jerusalem and everything. And so everything's going down. So Jeremiah's job was to uh, pronounce the word of God, to announce it to the world, to tell the people of Israel three things. Number one that he would tell people was this, that you have sinned. You screwed up. You sinned. You messed up. The second thing about his message was that this was that God's wrath is coming on you. It is. Can't avoid it. Can't get away from it. You sinned. You messed up. God's wrath is coming. And the third thing was this, 
was that even though you sinned, even though you messed up, even though God's wrath is coming upon you, that there is redemption in the future, that there is restoration, that God is a merciful and gracious God, that even though you may have sinned and there is wrath and there was a, a judgment for that sin, that eventually God will redeem and restore your people. That was the message of Jeremiah. So here we find God speaking to Jerry, telling him all these things that are about to happen. If you would please, this is chapter 13 of Jeremiah, verse 1. It says, Thus says the Lord to me, Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it around your waist, and do not dip it into water. So I bought the loincloth according to the word of the Lord, and I put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time. Take the loincloth that, I have, that you have bought, which is around your waist, and rise. Go to the Euphrates and hide there in the cleft, hide it in the cleft of a rock. So I went and I hid it by the Euphrates, and the Lord commanded me. And after many days, the Lord said to me, Arise, go back to the Euphrates, and take, take, there, take from there the loincloth that I had commanded you to hide there. Then when I went to the Euphrates and I dug and I took it, the loincloth, I took it from the place where I had hidden it, and behold, the loincloth was spoiled and it was good for nothing. The last line is probably the most important one there. Then I went to the Euphrates and I dug and I took out the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it, and behold, the loincloth was spoiled and it was good for nothing. I know what you guys are thinking. Because I thought about it too, when, I, when God revealed this to me, I said, man, oh, what are you trying to tell me? And you know, you're probably thinking this, why is God talking about underwear? Chonis. Why is God talking about underwear? You know, when I was a kid, my mom used to have this saying. If you guys, if your mom had this saying, raise your hand, uh, she would say, ay, mijo, you need to wear clean underwear because you never know when you're going to go to the hospital. How many of your mom said that? Honestly, yes, people out there. My mom would say that all the time, mijo, you got to wear clean underwear because you never know when you need to go to the hospital, okay? And I never knew how important this bit of advice was until one day I had a horseback riding accident and I got rushed to the hospital and the whole time in the ambulance, it wasn't the fact that my bone was sticking out of my arm. I wasn't thinking about the IV they were going to stick in me. The only thing in my mind was, did I put underwear on today? Is it clean? Is it dirty? I mean, what do I have on under? Oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared for this. There was a reason why our mothers were so smart, and there was a reason why your mom and my mom told you guys to make sure you had clean underwear on in case you went to the hospital. Is because of this, because underwear is the most intimate and personal piece of clothing you own. It is. My mom could have said, make sure you have a clean shirt on. She didn't. Make sure your pants are good and make sure they're not ripped up. She did it. Make sure you have a belt on. Make sure you have socks on. Make sure you have a ball cap on. Okay, make sure you got something on, a coat, a jacket, a sweater. She didn't say any of that. She said, make sure you got clean underwear on. Because underwear, like I said, is the most personal, intimate piece of clothing you have. And just like underwear is the most personal and intimate piece of clothing we have, God wants to have a personal an intimate relationship with us. That's number one. What kind of relationship does God want with us? He wants a personal and intimate relationship with us. 
God describes the relationship he has with Israel, the relationship he has with us, the people of God. He describes it as this, as close and intimate as a loincloth clings to the waist of a man. Isn't that beautiful in some weird way? Can we just kind of laugh about that? That as close and personal as a loincloth is, that is a relationship that God has with us to be that intimate, knowing everything, seeing all of our impurities and our thoughts and, our, and everything, being that close to us. That's what God wants with us, to love us. He has an incredible urge to love us and to know us more personally. It's almost like the psycho ex-girlfriend in high school. The only the one that you broke, man, you know this one? That you broke up with her and she kept coming around and you girls are probably thinking, who is that? That's probably you. Okay, that would, you were probably the psycho ex-girlfriend that wouldn't leave the guy alone. Okay, it's the, it's the type of relationship that just urges to be around you, that just longs to be around you, that has this uncanny desire to go across the earth and go to the cross for you. That is the relationship that God wants for us. That is why God said in Genesis 1, he says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Because he wants to be close to us. He wants to be like us. He wants us to be like him, actually. He goes on to say, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. That when God created you, he fashioned you inside your mother's room, and he made you so much like him because he wanted to have that personal touch on you. So every time you look in the mirror, you'd see God's face shining back at you. Every time you look into the eyes of a homeless man, you look into the eyes of your coworker who doesn't know Jesus, you'd see the eyes of God looking back at you. Why? Because he wants to be personal with you. The book of James, James writes that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. God wants us to draw near to him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He ushered in salvation so that we can have this personal relationship with him. He wants us to know him closely. And how do we do that? The way we get to know God more closely is we spend more time with him, just like any other relationship. We've got to be constantly praying to God. An open conversation with the Savior of the world, constantly talking to him, praying to him, seeking out his will. Okay, now think about it. When you pray to God, are you just praying for stuff for you or are you actually asking questions? I got to tell you this, if I'm sitting down with God, the creator of the universe, I got tons of questions. Don't tell me you have nothing to talk to God about. Ask him why you breathe. Ask him what it was that made your heart start beating at first. Ask him those questions. Seek him. Read his word. Study his word. Be a theologian in a way to know his word well. Be with him in constant praying and reading his Bible and his word. So let me ask you this, where are you with this? In your relationship with God, are you uh, close and intimate, constantly going to him with everything, constantly seeking him out in every uh, decision in your life, or are you far and distant to where you only think about God when you're sitting in this room today? Where are we at? Where are we at? There is a, um, an old hymn that I love. I, just, I love this hymn. It's one of my, probably my favorite hymns. It's called Come Down Font. And it has a line. It says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. So while God may want a personal relationship to us, we tend to wander from that. And God knows that. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 says this. Thus says the Lord, 
Even so, I will spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart, who have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. Just like the loincloth was ruined with the weather and the elements of being outside, buried underground, in dirt, inside the elements in the rock, and it's now ruined, so is our relationship with God when we allow sin to run over our relationship with God. This is what happens when we break from our relationship with God. Number two, what happens when we break away from our relationship with God? Sin runs rampant in our life. The grid says in verse 10, says, This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart, who have gone after other gods to serve them and to worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. We break our relationship with God by going to other gods. That is the essence of sin, when we start worshiping things other than God. And I know what you're saying about Felix. I don't do that. I love God. I worship God. I come to church. I don't do anything above and beyond my God. He is number one in my life. Well, what about this? What about you're sitting at home one day and you say, I'm going to go to church. Like, oh, wait, the Cowboys are losing. I mean, the Cowboys are playing at noon, and i got to watch them. And Impact City starts at 11.45, and I can't watch that game because it starts at noon. You just put football over God. What about when you say, I'm going to take this job on Sunday, even though I have a choice against it. I, I, I can choose not to work on Sunday, but I'm going to choose to work this Sunday because it would make more money for me than I'm putting my finances above and beyond God. You have chosen finances and your job over God. In essence, you have made your job your new God. Well, the one that gets me all the time with all, these, all, all you ladies here, and some of you guys too, I know God wants me to stay pure. I know God wants me to have this pure life and to be uh, pure in Him. But I love Him, Pastor. I love Him and I'm going to live with Him. And I want to have sex with Him and sleep with Him. And be- because we love each other and because we, we, we know we're the ones for each other, it is okay and God understands, right? God understands financial burdens upon our relationship, that He knows that if we move in together, life will be easy. No, you have chosen your boyfriend over God. That is sin. That's idol worship. And to say you go to church and you're a Christian is hypocrisy. We cannot follow Jesus and claim to follow Jesus and live in constant, unredemptive, unhabitual um, sin. I heard Mark Driscoll say one time, that's like the vegan saying, I'm a vegan, but I love hamburgers. It, I, I, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but man, that steak is awesome. Try some. We can't, we, 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 it's black and white, people. And so that's how we start to break away from our relationship. That's exactly what was going on in people of Israel at the time. They were breaking away from that relationship of, with God. Then God goes on to say that if we follow other gods, if we worship idols in our own lives, then it's like this loincloth that is good for nothing. God says that this loincloth that I have shown you, Jeremiah, this is, this is you. 
This is, this is the, the life we have. And I desire to be close to you, the way it clings to someone's waist. But if you let sin run rampant, it's going to be spoiled and not good for nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, if God has said that we are good for nothing because of sin, that there is some point that we had to have been good for something. Let me say that again. If God says your sin has caused you to be good for nothing, then at some time there had to be a something for you to be good for. There had to be something that brings me to my final, final uh, question here. What does God want from that relationship? God wants a personal, intimate relationship. When we break away from that relationship, we let sin come into our lives and it separates us further from God. But God wants something from this relationship. He wants this. He wants us to be a name, a praise, a glory, and for Him to the watching world. God wants us to be a name, praise, and glory to Him for the watching world. Verse 11. For as the loincloth clings to the waist of the man, so I made the whole house of Israel, the whole house of Judah, cling to me, declares the Lord. That they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, a glory, but they would not listen. He said, look, 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 I created you for a reason, okay? I made you. I created Israel, and then I made the people of Judah, and I made you for a reason. There was something that you were made for. It's not to be rich, and it's not to have a happy, healthy lifestyle. It's not to be blessed beyond our glorious measures to where we had the best cars and the best everything. It's not just for that. Those are all great things. Those are things that God could bring to you. But it's not just for that. He said, I created you to cling close to me so that you can be a people, a name, a praise, and a glory for my name's sake. For me. I created you for me. Contrary to our belief, God wasn't up there in the galaxies and the cosmos saying, I'm going to create man because I'm lonely and I need someone to hang out with. I want someone to chill with. I want someone. I, he didn't do that. I'm going to create man so they can have an awesome life. No, he said, I'm going to create man so he can glorify me, so that other people can see me, so that within that essence, we may have a relationship together that is close and personal and intimate. But watch carefully, because he leaves us with this. He says that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory, but they would not listen. You cannot glorify God to the fullest with constant habitual sin and unrepentive sin in your life. Like I said, that's false advertising. Our sins, our selfishness, our pride, our lust, our worshiping of other gods, whether it be our job, whether it be our finances, boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever uh, avenue we tend to go to to worship that thing or that person above our God, drives us further away from the intimate and personal relationship that God desires for us. And the desire and the intent of God was for us to have that relationship. It ruins us and it makes us good for nothing. Now I know you're probably not tracking with this or maybe you're kind of like trying to keep up with this. So I figured I'd kind of show you guys, you know, what this looks like. Um, God says that there was a loincloth this is, this is, okay, this is my loincloth right here. Okay? <laughs> yeah, 
laugh, laugh as you will. This is actually not my loincloth. Uh, mine's a different color. And so, God said to Jeremiah, go buy a brand new loincloth. You know, go buy this brand new loincloth. And then put it on your waist for a while. Don't even get it wet, though. Don't get it wet. Don't do anything with it. Just put it on your waist. Okay? And he gets his loincloth. He says, all right, after you've worn it for a little while, I want you to take this loincloth. I want you to go to the river. And I want you to bury this thing under the rocks, under the rebel. So Jeremiah goes. He puts the loincloth in the, in the ground. And then stuff started to happen to it. I imagine that at some point there was probably some grass that he was dragging it on. He got all kind of messed up. And all this was going on here and it was getting all stained up. And then there was probably a, a critter that came around and it probably did its number on it and kind of tore it up. And then it probably it got all nasty and dirty with, with, with type of grass and just shrubbery. And then God said, I said, bury it. So he said, bam, I buried it, right? And so there's all this dirt on this loincloth, and it's just nasty, people. This loincloth started to get real nasty and dirty. And then God said, bury it. And I'm pretty sure as soon as Jeremiah walked over there, God said, let it rain. And it started raining and getting all nasty up in the loincloth. And I probably shouldn't have put my hands in this. And then there was probably someone passing by, and they probably spilled some coffee on it, you know. And they get all wild and crazy up on the dirt, and all that, all that nastiness started soaking up into the loincloth. Okay, and he said, okay, let it sit there for a while. Just let the loincloth sit there for a while. And as God did his work, and as the elements and the, and the rocks and the dirt all did its number on the loincloth, God said to Jeremiah, go back, Jeremiah, take up that loincloth, pick it up, and look at it again. So Jeremiah went back, and he's got his little shovel, and he started digging around, and he took the loincloth, and he pulled it out, and he looked at it, and he said, I ain't wearing that. He said, it's good for nothing now. Spoiled. The way that sin ruins our life is the exact same way that this loincloth is now ruined. Can't, we can't wear this. It's got mud and grass stains and some weird dude if coffee came by and spilled it on there. And look at that. And that's how our life looks like when we start sinning with God. We start putting other gods before us. We start seeking things that are not of God in our life. And God, our life starts to look like this loincloth. And God says that you are good for nothing now. Because how can you be a witness and a name and a praise and a glory about me when you look like this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to share the awesome news about me if you look like that. It's nasty, I know. But there's hope. Paul wrote about this great struggle we have where we, we want to do good, but then we sin. And we want to do great, but every time we try to do right, we just mess up again. He talked about this struggle, and he talked about an awesome uh, you know, plan to save us from that struggle. And this is the, this is the final thing I'm going to say. This is our, our last scripture right here. And he says this. This is uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Y'all would please turn there if you would. Chapter 2, verse 1. 
Paul says this. He says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of the world, following the prince of power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, Ladies and gentlemen, there was a couple of words in the Bible that are just so beautiful and so powerful. It's these two words. But God. It means he intervened. It means God said, no, we're not going to go that way. It means God said, I'm going to rescue this. I'm going to change this. This is not going the way it's going to be. We don't have to live like this. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By the grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, seated with him in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. This is the gift of God as a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in him. Guys, people, beloved church of Christ, God didn't say, I'm going to raise you up and create you like Adam. He said, I'm going to raise you up and create you in Christ so that through Christ and through the blood of Christ that you may have a way to get out of your sin, a way to be redeemed with your sin by unfailing love. He did that so that when we, our lives start looking like this, when our lives are this messed up and this screwed up, and we have failed God, and we have failed our families, and we have failed our friends, and we have failed ourselves with broken promises like we talked about last week, when we look like this, God says, I will send Jesus Christ, and through him, I will take your sin and turn you into this in my eyes. When God looks at us through the eyes and the blood of Jesus Christ, he sees this. He doesn't see our sin. And maybe today you might be feeling a little down, and maybe you might be thinking that's, that's an awesome illustration, Felix. That's funny, the underwear and the loincloth, that's all cool and all. But my life is really messed up. It's not just a little bit of dirt in my life. There's, there's sin, there's hard sin. And whatever it is you're struggling with, whether it's pride, whether it's anger, selfishness, lust, addictions, whatever it is, Maybe you you, you thought you had something beat and you keep going back to it and it's time today for you to say, I am weak. I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. 
And whatever it is today, guys, would you please just bow your heads and let's pray for that today. God, I know that you are among us today and, and your presence is here with us. And I pray that you would just cut through the hearts of everyone here today. That you would show us uh, the dirtiness of our sin and what we really look like through our sin. And may you give us the encouragement and the blessing and the grace of your Son's mighty blood to clean us up and make us white as snow, to make us pure again. May we realize that the only way out of this sin is through your Son, Jesus Christ. That through Him, through Him, we have the power to never break away from the relationship that you have created for us, the personal and intimate relationship. That we may constantly seek you. That we may constantly look for you within our lives. That we may see your face upon the eyes of people around us to be reminded of your awesomeness. Beloved, if that is you today and you need that prayer, say it out loud. Say, God, I need you today. God, forgive me. Forgive me for the wrongs I have done. Forgive me for the sins I have done. And God, make me new. God, I repent to you today. And beloved, maybe that, maybe that you just need to recommit yourself to that. Maybe you straight away, maybe you started doing good, and you say, Tavis K, I'm going to go and start working on Sundays. I'm going to go start doing this. And I'm, you know, it's easier for me to live in a, in a bad way. It's e- easier for me to live my way. And maybe you need to repent of that to me. You say, God, I am sorry for what I have done. God, bring me back into your life. Bring me back into that personal relationship with you. God is just and merciful to do that. God, may you just shine upon all of us today. May your light shine upon all of us so that we may go out into the community, that we may be the, the hands and feet of you, Lord, that we may be missional in our community, that we may be loving in our community, that we may take this week of Thanksgiving to love others more and above that we love ourselves. May we be selfless and not selfish in our motives this week. God, may you show us opportunities to love others, to be a witness a name, a praise, and a glory to your awesome name. And it's in Christ we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Let's stand and worship.